When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Age of Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is episode 174 of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin still. I think my name is still Kevin I'm as pretty well. sure. It's yeah. been a weird week. It's been a long week already. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it's what it is, you know, type of thing. Yeah. I hate that for saying, but fuck it. I, I work in corrugated cardboard hell now at my job. But it's okay, because I don't have to talk to customers. <laughs> it's great. You sucker buzz. I just fucking, I, I, I pull orders out of the ether on the internet, and I find them, and I ship them. It's oh. fucking fantastic. Do you know? And I make pretty decent money doing it, apparently. So, I'm all right with it. Yeah. So, this week, what are we doing? We are back on the trip. We're road tripping. The road tripper. The tripper of all trips. But we are we're in the northeast. Yeah, the buddy. New, the New Englands. Yep. One of my favorite states I've ever been to. Of all the states? Of all of them that I've well, ever you, been to. You haven't been that many. I Doesn't mean, really matter. Yeah. But this one holds a special place in my heart. Whatever. It's it's I mean, it's the state where you think you go on vacation but you like take a whole long weekend. Or short weekend, but it's, it doesn't matter. Know, I get to go there. Whatever. It's, so it's, we're, go, we're talking about Maine. Yeah, it's we talking about my wife's. It's mine and my wife's uh, escape. We just go there and the only state. It's great in the Northeast. Uh-huh. I believe I could be mistaken. If I'm wrong, people tell me. Probably are. But the only state, at least in New England, that has a desert. Yes, but it's not really a desert. Desert. It's a silt desert. So, <coughs> I want to go there. I've I've wanted to go there since I was a kid, and we always forget it's there. And then, I mean, 
I don't remember where the hell actually it it's is. It's kind of, if I remember correctly, it's kind of like northeastern half of it, like up towards Bangor, up that way, I think. But I can't towards remember. The I think so. Probably. So anyway, I mean, let's... they also have like the boreal forest too. Yeah. The know, fucking state is gorgeous. Like plain we, and simple. Well, do you know we actually have a part of the boreal forest? No, I didn't yeah. know that. Up in the northeast kingdom. In- interesting. Okay. Yeah. Up where all those fucking hippies lived. Yeah. Will you grab me a beer out of the fridge? Yes, sir. Yeah, sweet. Crack that cold. I'm going to call it a beer because it makes me sound cooler on the podcast so people don't know I'm drinking Pepsi cream soda like a fucking child. Oh, dude, you're down to one. No, I got another half of the six-pack in the uh, in the box here, boss. So That's fine. No, I need to. So anyway, we're going to head to the Pine Tree State. That's Maine's official nickname of official but it's also if you when you cross the border from new hampshire the sign says welcome to vacation land and that's fucking exactly what it is actually it's called new hampshire whatever that half is new hampshire <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that half is new hampshire yeah. our half is new hampshire because yeah, it's of course eastern vermont it's not well yeah, but like eastern vermont is you know a little bit new hampshire as well not as much as the other half of the state this is true where they go full-on fucking chowder head oh chowder What's really fun is I used to work with a guy that that moved down here from Maine, and he <laughs> he hit the accent really well until he got excited or angry. Oh yeah, and then it come right back out, and you're like, "Hey, buddy, you're from Maine, aren't you?" Yeah, like I could tell. Like <laughs> one of the other guys, uh, he is from Massachusetts. He's been up here for like 10, 15 years, and anytime he talks about Massachusetts, like. In general, the accent comes back, and you're like, oh, you slipped. The mask is sliding. I can see it. <laughs> you have revealed your true yeah. self. Talking about his Portuguese grandmother with her two kitchens, because apparently that's a Portuguese thing in Massachusetts. You have a kitchen upstairs and a kitchen downstairs. Uh, no fucking idea why. Guest kitchen? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But Maine is home to 1.3 million residents, and it covers 35,385 square miles. It's fucking huge. It's huge. Biggest state in New England. Um, uh, I think it's one of the, I think it's one of the four biggest states in the country too, because it's big. I would say it's probably up there. Yeah, it's big. It's a huge state, and there's like nobody there. Well, yeah, like the middle north. Yeah, you know, you get like, up like, everybody lives like mostly in the in southeast, southeast. Yeah, some do along live, the coast, basically. Some do live like way the hell up. Yeah, you get into places yeah. like Jackman, where the last time I heard anybody going there, the population was like 64. That's my kind of town. Yeah. That shit's a Stephen King book. <laughs> um, the capital of Augusta is home to just 19,000 people, making it the third lowest populated capital after our capital of Montpelier and Pierre, South Dakota. Um, fun fact, our capital in Vermont is the only capital in the country, well, at least the contiguous 48 states, that does not have McDonald's in it. Yeah. There's one in Barrie. There's not one in Montpelier. Well, Montpelier's like, you fucking, like, blinking, you're through the Doesn't matter, though. We don't have a McDonald's there. It's true. We also have some fucking punk-ass McDonald's in Burlington that has no drive through because the state won't allow it. Where? Uh, the one up, it's that one kind of right on the corner by, um... Barnes and Noble, by the hotel there. There's no drive-through. You can only go in. 
Really? Yep. It's been shut down since the beginning of fucking quarantine because you can't go to the drive-thru. Anyway, so some fun facts about Maine, and I've got a few here. Okay. Acadia National Park, which is absolutely gorgeous from the pictures I've seen. That's on my bucket list of places I have to go. Yeah. Is one of the top 10 most visited national parks in the country. Uh, 2008 saw an estimated 4 million people travel there to hike and bike and camp. Um, and if you ever look at pictures of it, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. You're just up in the mountains. There's little lakes and stuff. Beautiful place. Yep. Maine is the most forest-covered state of any other state in the U.S. So other states where you've had a lot of clear-cutting for, you know, building more tap more you know homes and shit like that maine has the most forest cover of any state in the country including alaska really yeah huh yep you think really absolutely i, I don't make these up i find them it's <laughs> huh. just kind of uh i wouldn't think alaska well it's because you think washington because they had technically have a rainforest no no no, no. i'm thinking a lot i'm thinking i'm just saying alaska but, because Alaska, I mean, most everybody lives the southern half of it. Right. There's few people that live, like, further up into it. But I the mean, further north you go, the colder it gets, and stuff doesn't like to grow that far up. Well, I mean, there is, like, what is it? There's a national forest land or something way the hell up, and there's only, like, I think, remember right from the that show... Last Alaskans or some shit like that. There's like... Was oh, that the one with that crazy family? No, 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 no. It's like, cause that shit's fake. No, 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 no. Uh, no, this one's like... Uh, it, it's like different. Like, they'll have like people that are like trappers mm-hmm. or whatever. They don't live there like... They don't live way up there all the time, right? They just they they work up there in the in the summer some, and shit. Some actually like there's like just one couple that actually lives there the full time. Yeah, because they're fucking crazy. Yeah, but well, she's also Inuit, and she you know she's, she's built for it. Yeah, she's actually <laughs> from uh, uh some people might know who that what what I'm talking about. She actually was from an island, uh, off of uh, to they're they're talking about it. It was pretty cool. And this little island, he was like, he went there, you know, he was being friendly with everybody. Right. And he's like, I saw her and I fell in love with her. And she was like, I thought he was okay. <laughs> he's all right. <laughs> or something like that. I was like, oh, burn. But then she's like, oh, I, I kind of fell for him. You, you know, you know the, of like that whole island chain out there in Alaska, like the Aleutians, the yeah. only ones I actually know the names of are the Fox Islands, and that's because of Metal Gear Solid. Ah. Uh, Shadow Fox Island, yeah. Shadow well, Moses. Kodiak. Shadow Moses was the one that they actually used the name for, but it was it's one of the Shadow Fox Islands, yeah. Yeah, but you also know about Kodiak as well. Eh, who cares? It's just bears and chew. It's not Metal Gear Solid, so. Well, uh, Bigfoot, too. If he's real. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fucking hot take right there. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, I just thought that, you know, because there's so much forest, you know. But maybe some of it is a little bit boreal, which is also, then it turns into a lot of, like, tundra. Yeah, but Maine is just chock-a-block full of of woods. Yeah. Like, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting forest there. I mean, this state, our state is pretty, but not as much. Right. 
but we also have more people coming here from out of state and building extra houses that they don't actually need and driving our property prices and property taxes up because they come here from out of state because they want their second home here. Fuck you. Stay where you came from. Yeah. Everybody thinks that you're like, man, people in Texas hate people from California because they move there. So do we. Yeah. Fuck off. Go back to fucking, I don't know, Delaware or Massachusetts or wherever the fuck he came from. I was going to say New Jersey first, but that's just too on the nose because that's where they all come from. <laughs> Unless you grew up here and then you moved to Jersey, you're welcome to come back. That's fine. Just leave Jersey there. We don't want it. Maine is home to 60 lighthouses, of which the one off the coast of Lubeck is the only one that is candy cane striped. Legitimately a big white lighthouse with a red candy cane strip running up it, like spiral. Oh, yeah. Just pretty cool. In 1873, 15-year-old Chester Greenwood was out and about, got a little cold uh, up in Farmington. So a little chilly outside. He decided, you know, I'm going to invent earmuffs. Keep my fucking ears warm. Wow. 15-year-old kid. Hey. Maine is the second highest. Oh. Maine has the second highest moose population in the country after Alaska. Some big fucking moose. Big too. motherfucking moose. Speaking of big moose, I'm going to talk about one when we get going here. So, uh, they actually have a lake called Moosehead. I, I've got a case of the beer. <laughs> yeah. And it's not very good. So here's some stupid laws because every state's got them. You're banned from placing a bet of any sort at the airport in Biddeford. You can't, like, nothing. You can't make a bet on your phone. You Nothing. Well, how the fuck would they know if you made I, a bet on your phone? I don't know, but you're not supposed to. Okay. In Portland, it's illegal to walk down the street with your shoelaces untied. I've been with both Portlands, by the way. And, I mean, I've seen people in Portland walking around with no shoes on. Yeah. But you have to have your shoes tied when you have them on. Yeah. Anyway. It's a weird fucking city, but I love it. It's, like, fun weird. You know? They got that fun occult bookstore. They got a kick-ass comic book and horror movie store. That's how I oh. I, I, I see both Portlands the same way because I've been to both. Yeah. And I feel that both of them actually being there, gone there, Yeah, I feel that they're both about the same. Yeah, but does Portland, Oregon have the Cryptozoology Museum? I don't think so. No. But that place is kick-ass. But... If you have never been there, if you're going to Maine, it's like 14 bucks a person. It's not very big, but you can be in there for a couple hours, and it's a blast. It's really, really cool. But it has one of the coolest donut shops ever, too. Oh, fuck off. They got Congdon's up there, too. It's good. You get your stuff in a paper sack, and it's fucking fantastic. You know, do you know which one I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, Voodoo. Yeah. Yeah. But Congdon's is kick-ass. Oh, my God. We got apple pie donuts last time we were up there. Yeah. Son of a bitch. They come out, like, hot in the box. And you break them in half, and it's like snapping open an apple pie, but it's just the good stuff with no crust. Well, oh, I mean, if, if so it's, good. If you go to, you know, like where they're actually made, yeah. yeah everybody's fantastic. like that. Even, even uh, Krispy Kreme. Oh, they're, don't get me started on Krispy Kreme, sir. If it's actually the actual place the where Holy they're, Land. Actually, they're actually made there, uh huh. they're actually you know really good. The one in Saco. Uh-huh. We watched them fucking glaze them. You, you, If you've been to Portland, you've driven through it. Yeah, I haven't been to Saco. Yeah. Statewide, it is illegal to step out of a plane that's in flight. Of course. In South Berwick, you cannot park in front of the Duncan. 
This is to avoid traffic dra- traffic jams because this is the most popular stop in the entire town in the morning. So the entire area right in front of there is no parking zone. You got to park. You go across fucking road. You ain't parking at Dunks. <clears throat> you can and should be fined for having Christmas decorations up outside after January 14th. I would fully enforce that law. That's understandable. As someone who enjoys Christmas, but not that much. Like, Christmas music is okay from, like, the 20th to the 25th. Okay? Cool. You can put your tree up, like, the 15th. That's cool. Take it down before by January. You're good. Yeah. Don't leave your shit up year-round. That's so weird to me. Or people that count down the days to Christmas in, like, July. Fuck off. You're skipping Halloween. You're skipping Thanksgiving. You're, sk- you're skipping the good shit. Because you want some fat man to come down your chimney. Whatever. So you want to talk about some famous folks from Maine? Let's talk. And there's going to be some that you wouldn't expect, actually. Hiram Maxim. Name ringing a bell? Yeah. The father of the Maxim gun, which went on to kill many, many a German in World War uh, World War One, and uh, unfortunately, many African tribesmen during the British conquest. He was born in Maine because um, the Maxim gun became the essentially the model for that became the Vickers, which is what the British used during World War One and when they were decimating Africa. Which doesn't make them special. Everybody else did it, pretty much except for us. Yeah, you know. Matter of fact, we bought a country there, and then it's kind of a shithole, but, <laughs> you know. Uh, key witness during the Manson trial and former Manson family member, Linda Kasabian, was born in Biddeford, Maine. That's a fun one. Okay. Had to do some digging there. Yeah. Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, was born in Portland. No fucking... That was one where I was like, I'm not going to tell you who it is, because I want your reaction live. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Right? Smoking hot Fox Sports analyst Erin Andrews was born in Lewiston, Maine. I'm not wrong there. She's very, very attractive. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of attractive people, all around handsome son of a bitch, Patrick Dempsey was also born in Lewiston, Maine. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Derek Shepard, for anybody else out there that is forced to watch Grey's Anatomy by their spouse. <laughs> and of course, where would we where would we be talking about Maine without talking about probably the most recognizable name in horror literature of the last, I don't know, hundred fucking years, if we weren't talking about Stephen King. Of course. And then I don't know, in the next couple episodes of the road trip when we do them. We'll be talking about another fucking horror, uh, horror legend. Another horror? Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. But another legend in the field of horror literature. We also had a very, very unfortunately named cat, but. Oh. Yeah. Not a very good person. Hell of a writer, though. We've actually talked about him already. Yeah. I've got a lot of this shit, but. We've done spoken about him. Of course we have. All right. So you want to kick off? Sure. What do you got? So, this week, uh, for my portion, I have gonna. I covered some uh, alien stuff. Oh, of course uh, you did, you uh, fucking nerd. Shut up, dickhead. <laughs> you know, nerd. 
You're not very nice to me. I, have I ever been? That's true. So If I was nice to you, you'd think I was sick. Uh, well, I mean, you are sick. Like, oh, no, he's got the AIDS or something. He's got the nice. I don't know how he'd get AIDS, though. I don't know. I don't know. Something. So the first one that I found, uh, actually, this was uh, an encounter that happened uh, at an Air Force base, Loring Air Force Base in Maine. Whereabout? Uh, Loring, Maine. It's uh, Loring Air Force Base. Uh, it happened on October 27th of 1975. That's why you've never heard of this place. Because <laughs> it's, it's fucking north of Presque Isle, which is already way the Christ up there. We're talking like, uh, this place is, uh, you could... I think this you is could actually, throw a rock and hit New Brunswick. This is actually the more the northernmost military base. military base in the United States, other than Alaska. Okay, in the contiguous. There we go. 48. That's the second time we've used that word today. I'm impressed. Damn, we go 174 episodes never saying contiguous, and now we've said it twice. Yes. Or I contiguous could say, is contagious. I could, I could say the lower 48. That makes you sound like a douche, though. I know. <laughs> this is sound like Cana- Canadians uh, would say that shit. Nah, uh, yeah, you know. You know, that's, eh. Those anyway. people down below. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, this is actual the actual um, account. I actually have just, you know, I said, what the hell? Why not just go verbatim from you have the to. source? You have to. So If it's, it's an eyewitness account, you have to. Yeah. Starts off at 7.45 p.m., Staff Sergeant Danny K. Lewis was patrolling the weapons dump when he saw an unidentified aircraft nearing the north perimeter of Loring at a uh, <clears throat> north perimeter. Whoa. A, yeah, what, what, was that, what was that word? Perimeter? Uh, let me start that again. <laughs> 7.45 p.m., Staff Sergeant Danny K. Lewis was patrolling the weapons dump when he saw an unidentified uh, aircraft nearing the north perimeter of Loring. It was flying at a low altitude of about 300 feet. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, Lewis noticed what happened to to be a red navigation light and a white strobe light on the aircraft. As Sounds Lewis, like a plane. Yeah. Lewis watched the craft enter the perimeter of Loring. Meanwhile, in the control tower of the airbase, Staff Sergeant James P. Sampley of the 2192nd. Okay. Not my, uh, I'm not sure. I don't think this is what it is. I think it's actually supposed to be 192nd, but I'm not a positive. Uh, communications, he was of the communication squadron, was on duty at the radar screen. He had a... He got a radar return from an unknown aircraft 10 to 13 miles north northeast of Loring. Sampley made numerous attempts by radio on all available communication bands, civilian and military, to contact the craft, but he got no response. The unidentified craft began to circle and came to within 300 yards of the restricted nuclear storage area at a low altitude of 150 feet. Back at the nuclear weapons dump. So it dropped down to 150 feet? Yeah. Holy shit, what is this thing doing? Uh, it, well, it's a... Uh, first thing it's is... fucking it's, drunk. First things first, it's a nuclear weapon dump area. So... Ah, yeah. collecting energies. Yeah. 
it's uh this has been this is like one of those things where they see a lot of uh aircraft right is over nuclear sites and stuff um so back at the nuclear weapons dump lewis notified his command post of the 42nd bomb wing that an unknown aircraft had penetrated the base perimeter and was within 300 yards of the nuclear weapons area. The base was immediately put on major alert status, uh, a security option three, and a security co- and security contacted the tower. So then now, uh, at 8:45, mm-hmm. Sergeant Grover. K. Eggleston. God, what a name. Yes. <laughs> of the same communication squadron as um, as uh, Staff Sergeant James P. Sampley was on duty at the came on duty at the station at the tower. And when the call came in from the, the post, he began observing the unknown craft as well. Six minutes later, while watching the radar screen, Eggleston noted that the unknown craft appeared to be circling approximately ten miles north, ten miles east north north <laughs> east north east. Yes, to be circling approximately ten miles east northeast of the base. This action lasted for uh, forty minutes when suddenly it disappeared from the screen. Either the object had landed or it dropped below the radar coverage. The wing command arrived at the weapon storage area seven minutes after the initial sighting was made. Immediately, immediately, other units of the 42nd police began pouring into the area. Security vehicles with blue flashing lights were coveraging, converging from all over the base. Through the lowering command posts, the wing commander requested uh, fighter coverage from the 21st NORAD region of at Hancock Nor- Hancock Field, New, uh, New York, and the 22nd NORAD region at North Bay, Ontario, Canada. And, of course, the Canadians, they run out to their jets. They bring the tankers full of, full of Tim Hortons out, and they fuel their planes, <laughs> and they fly down here, and they apologize to the UFO because... You know. Oh, so sorry. Well, they're from Ontario, so they're they're cool shits. They're good people. Yeah, of you know? course. Yeah. If they were Quebecois, fucking twats in Quebec, they'd come down here and steal our maple syrup and pretend they're better. You than don't everybody. know what you're talking about. Ah, fuck you off. can't even speak French. Why the fuck? Mm, fuck you, piece of shit. <laughs> uh, so the wing commander then increased uh, local security posture and requested assistance from the main state police in trying to en- identify the unknown craft which then presumed was a helicopter. A call was made to local flight services for possible identification and came up empty. Uh, the second, uh, the 42nd Security poli- Police, the MPs, uh, conducted a sweep of the weapons storage perimeter inside and out. An additional sweep was made of the areas that the craft had flown over. All actions produced no results. The craft broke the circular circling pattern and began flying toward Grand Falls, New Brunswick, Canada. Radar contact was lost in the vicinity of Grand Falls, bearing 065 degrees. Cool, not our problem anymore. No, uh, 12 miles from North. It's over Canadian airspace, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, 
uh, Canadian, <laughs> which is 12 miles from uh, Loring. Right. Like I said, you could throw a rock yeah. and hit New Brunswick. Uh, Canadian authorities were not notified. Priority messages were sent to the National Military Command Center in Washington, D.C. The chief of staff of the U.S. Air Force, the USA, USAF Forward Operations Division at Fort Ritchie, Maryland, and Strategic Air Command Headquarters at the 8th Air Force and the 45th Division informing them of what had just taken place. The base remained on high alert for the rest of the night and into the early morning hours of October 28th. So, yeah. I mean, this is like... It's over a military base, so yeah. it's, you know... I mean, this probably happens quite a bit. I've heard a lot more than just this one. You know, I've heard plenty. I mean, everybody's heard about, you know, things that have been coming out about uh, air, uh, fighter jets, you know, going, like, at Mach 5, and they still can't catch up with these right. things. Um, So my last one is actually uh, uh, an abduction... Uh, happened in uh, Allagash. It's called Allagash Abductions. Also, very good beer. Yeah. Uh, it's this. It, this happened in the summer of 1976. Four guys from the Massachusetts College of Art and Design decided to go on a vacation to canoe the Allagash waterways, and they claimed to have seen a, a few UFOs. Uh, they described the sights, the sighting to a ranger the next day but weren't taken seriously. It was suggested, in fact, that they uh, had seen a searchlight that was being used to celebrate the grand opening of a hardware store in uh, Millinock. Mm -hmm. Uh, The students continued their trip and didn't talk much about their encounter until years later when one of them, uh, Jim Weiner, uh, started having seizures. Weiner claimed to have had visions of humanoid beings levitating above his bed, poking with him with needles. Under hypnosis, all four men described gray, uh, small gray aliens taking them aboard a spacecraft and performing medical examinations on them. They had uh, a little bit of fame after a, a book came out in 1993 about the topic. Uh, they would appear on the Joan Rivers show and on Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. But. Now, are we talking like Robert Stack Unsolved Mysteries? Oh, fucking right, Or yes. Dennis Farina Unsolved this, Mysteries? This is 93. Okay, good. I mean, Dennis Farina's not bad. But he's not Robert Stack. No. You know, the guy who looked like, you know, he's a detective, but he could also potentially just want to flash you. Exactly. You know, with that coat. Yeah. His voice always fucking freaked me out when I was a kid, though. Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Uh, I knew when I heard his voice, shit was about to happen, or it already happened. Yeah. You know? And you were never going to know about it, because it's unsolved. Of course. So, now, 2016, things kind of, uh, kind of, uh, take a little bit of a turn with the whole scenario of being abducted. Mm -hmm. Uh, when Charles Rack, one of the men, uh, that was actually on the trip came out and said that they had actually had seen a couple UFOs, but 
that the rest of the story that they had told was actually made up. Um, however, most of the men actually, you know, the rest of the men stuck to their guns and said, no, no, we actually, you know, this is the whole thing what we said actually happened. Right. But Rax just said, you know, no, no. Uh, he actually uh, gave a, an interview and he said that uh, that the most vivid sighting occurred as the men were night fishing on Big Eagle Lake. And he said, quote, I had an unfortunate feeling of being start, uh, stared at. I turned around and saw this very, very bright globe of light in the sky, he said. Uh, Rack described the lights as, quote, changing color from white to red to green in a liquid kind of melding motion. Uh, Rack said the group reported the bizarre experience the next day to the ranger, like I said you know, previously, that was on duty. And Rack said you know, it was quickly dismissed. Um, and, you know, he, he attributed it to the the lights and you know from the uh the right. grand opening what the guy what the ranger said was he said quote we saw these guys operating a searchlight in back of a pickup <laughs> the okay. and he says that quote there was no way this could be ha- have been any hardware store Grand opening at nine o'clock at night, coming from seventy-five miles away. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of. I don't know how light science works, but I'm pretty sure you can't see it from that far away. No, I don't. You think know, so. I mean, I understand. Yes, you can see light from the sun, and it's much further away. I'm not, but that kind of light, like going up in the air, you're not going to see that from that far away. You wouldn't even see it like that in like Kansas, where it's flat as shit. Well, that's, I mean, that's still a long ways away. Yeah. Yeah. 75, I mean. And, I mean, Kansas, you can see from one end of the state to the other. Plus, you, but you don't know if there's some far. kind of mountains or, well, I mean, know, yeah, it's going to be mountains and trees well, and shit. You're not Trees, yeah. I mean, you know, who knows? Right. I've never been to the area. I don't really know what it's Whereabouts like. Whereabouts was that one? Uh, Big Eagle Lake. No clue. That's pro- I'm guessing probably northwest. Yeah, it's in the Allagash area so it's kind of uh it's that uh you know like northern you know sort of actually you know what that's almost almost parallel to where uh where that um military base sighting was parallel wise it's it's not you know yeah because i mean moosehead uh in the allagash areas where uh Moosehead Lake is. Yeah. So it's up up that way. Yeah, it's that's pretty I mean it's pretty uh pretty It's remote. Yeah. There's not a lot going on up there. No. No. So that's kinda what I have. That's uh, the part of Maine where only fucking moose and crazy people live. Yeah. That's what I have. And uh I'm sorry if I sound uh kinda stuffed up people. Nobody but, cares. You Stop. Know. We don't we do not care about your health concerns. You know what? Fuck you. They might, okay? I doubt it. Not everybody's like you, asshole. They don't even care about if I don't feel good. Why would they care if you don't feel good? Well, because they care more about me than you. I don't know, I don't know about that. <sighs> anyway, um, I think we should take our break. Let's take our break. And we'll come back and talk about uh, 
and what your shit is. Two words that I didn't think I would ever put together in a sentence. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we are back. Um, remember earlier when I, I was talking about giant moose, like big, big moose up in Maine? Yeah. Well, there's legends of something called a specter moose in Maine. Okay. Okay. So it goes like this. 1891, uh, an extremely large white moose was seen in Maine by Clarence Duffy of Old Town. Um, he was uh, he was a hunting guide by trade, and he was out, obviously, with a group of people, taking them to remote areas to hunt. Yeah. Um, I did have to correct my source where they said he was walking around Lobster Lake. They misspelled it. It's Lobster. It's an A-H. There's no E-R. Exactly. This is New England. Yeah. <laughs> Parts of it don't understand the E-R. Go together yeah. at the end of words. Yeah, it's it's lobster. It's like us with mountain. Yeah, uh, we we say it different because you know we're fucking we don't hicks. say mountain. No, mountain. Yeah, exactly. So he didn't get close enough to the, to the animal to take a shot, but he could see it plain as day. He uh, he told his story, and when he did, he was laughed at, obviously, because people are going to think you're a crazy person. Uh, yes. However, a few months later, a Bangor lumberman named John Ross, who was also at Lobster Lake, also saw the big moose. So he came forward and was like, I was there with him. I saw it, too. So, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. That was a secondary sighting at the same place. Okay. Not together. Okay. Sorry. You better be sorry. So the same year, a New York hunter saw a big moose near, I still haven't figured out how to pronounce this, Sourdnault Lake. S O U R D N A H U N L T. So he he this guy actually cracked off a couple of rounds at it, and he said that he knows he hit it, but it had no apparent effect, uh huh. Except for making it upset. <laughs> and if you've ever seen a moose angry, it's kind of scary because yeah. they're huge. It's a freight train with horns. Yeah. The moose then charged the man who took refuge in a bear cave, also a bad idea, and he remained there for about an hour before the moose finally just kind of, you know, left the area. Fucked off. Yeah, basically. So these stories, even that one where it's more hands-on kind of, they were all kind of, you know, discounted until a New York City sportsman, of course, because we only, only believe city folk because they're educated and shit. Um, his name was Howard Van Ness, saw the moose and took several shots at it in 1892. Uh-huh. The event occurred about 30 miles northwest of Norcross. Uh, Van Ness and three other, uh, three other New York men were hunting. Uh, and Van Ness separated from his companions when he shot the moose and described it as, quote, weighed a, t- uh, weighed a ton and as tall as a camel with magnificent head and antlers. Pretty sure moose are bigger than camels anyway. I don't know. I'm not a mammologist, which is a mammal doctor. So after he shot the animal, uh, he said that he hit it right above the shoulder, uh, which 
probably not the best spot. I think you kind of, if it's anything like a deer, you want to go back from the shoulder, not above the shoulder, because uh-huh. that's kind of like spinal cord, and that's not going to do you much good. Uh, he said the the beast let out a deep bellow and a grunt before coming after me. Uh, he took uh, shelter beneath a tangled mass of fallen trees and branches. Uh, there apparently was not a bear cave nearby for him to hide in. So, uh, camels are versus moose about the same height. It could be about the same height. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the moose circled the area, uh, at a quote, tremendous speed and once jumped over his hiding place before finally giving up. So just fucking running in circles like an idiot because moose are kind of stupid and then just jumped over him and was like, fuck it, see ya. <laughs> so afterward, many hunters began to look for the great white moose, but it wasn't seen again until 1895. At that time, a Bangor taxidermist named, dude, this is a name and a half, Granville Gray. Dude, this Stephen is- King made this guy up. Granville Gray. Granville. His first name is Granville. That's damn it! It's fantastic. Kind of is. I'm gonna I name guess. my first child Granville, male or female. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so he saw the moose at a distance, and then a few years later, in 18, uh, 1899, another great name, Gilman Brown of West Newbury, Massachusetts, got close enough to the uh, to the moose uh, out by the Roach River to count twenty two points on one side of its antlers. It's a big moose. Yeah. And theirs are not, their antlers aren't, don't work the same way as deer where they're just like long tines. No. It's just a big ass paddle with like little nipples sticking out of it kind yep. of. But there are some that get pretty long. Um, I have a moose antler downstairs actually above our fireplace, which is pretty cool. So actually, yeah, here we go. Usually moose antlers rarely have more than eight to 12 points on a side. Brown also fired five shots at the animal, which simply glowered at him and stalked away. So apparently it's just tired of chasing people. It's like, fuck it. I guess I'm going to get shot and then I'm going to get pissy and walk off. Yeah. So the specter moose, as it's now being called, uh, because of its light color and the fact that it's apparently immortal, is said to stand 10 to 15 feet tall at the shoulder and weigh nearly 2,500 pounds. I don't know how you can accurately accurately estimate the weight of an animal without a scale. I've never really understood that where, you know, like the, the Patterson Gimlin footage, people are like, Oh, it weighed at least a thousand pounds. How do you even guess that? How? Like, yes, it's a large animal, but how do you guess how much it weighs without really having a general idea? Well, something like a moose or something, that's a little bit different versus squatch. But, I mean, 2,000 pounds for a moose around here isn't isn't uncommon, and we don't have a lot of moose. No, but I'm saying, you know, you can, you can guess a size of an animal on the hoof, you know. Guess, but it's a guess. That's not really, you know, even remotely an accurate estimate, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, this guy's probably saying it's, it's, it's a guess. But here's the big one, is the antler spread is said to be 10 to 12 feet across. Which would lead me to believe it probably weighs more than 2,500 pounds. That's a big, big animal. I mean, it's, as, it's antlers are as wide as, a car, as most cars are long, essentially. 
Yeah. It couldn't it couldn't put its head in this in the studio because the antlers would be too wide to fit. Um, in comparison, the average moose in Maine at the time weighed about eight to nine hundred pounds, stood around six feet tall, and had an antler span of around four to six feet. So this is essentially twice the size of a regular moose. Yeah. So another another spat of sightings kind of happened in 1932 and then again in 1938. So either there is a breeding population of ungodly big moose or it's the same one. Because they started in 1880, uh, 1895, 1885, somewhere in there, 18, uh, 1891 is what I had. I'm sorry. And then up into 1938. Ten foot spread? Yeah, 10 to 12 foot. Wow. Wow. Again, twice the size of a average size bull moose. Yeah. Because, like... I don't think the I think the average spread is like maybe like three feet, maybe no, not even that. No, it's more than that. Well, they, I I just read here the average at the time was six uh, four to six feet across. Yeah, but I mean like. So in 19- oh, I, I was just, I was oh. thinking, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't thinking right. I, yeah, I, I heard you, but I wasn't thinking right. I was thinking in between the. No, no, no from tip to tip. Yeah, yeah, it's actually from like, yeah, the long. Like, yeah. Oh. If they were from the base, that thing is fucking massive. If its head is 10 feet wide. No, I was thinking <laughs> that's like. That's a problem. Yeah, I was thinking like, you know, in between like one paddle versus another paddle. Right. You know, I'm like thinking that because that's what I was thinking the whole time. I'm like. Wait a minute. No, farthest tip to farthest tip. That's fucking that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Whoa. Woo. So the 1938 sightings and all the the later stretch of sightings uh, took place mostly in the forests of the Chesuncook region along the west branch of the Penobscot River. Uh, One really more believable report came from a hunter by the name of Houston. That's all we got. Houston. Yeah. Who gave a very uh, who got a very good look at the beast and came along a herd of about sixteen moose with three males watching over the, the females as they grazed. Um, two of the males were large, healthy moose, but the third was of great size, making the others quote look like pygmies. So to make a full-grown bull moose look small, this is a big, big animal. It was also quote white, luminous color. I don't know if it's if it's just super bright white or if this shit glows or what. Hit it with a black light. <laughs> yeah. So when Houston turned his back for a moment and turned back around, the large white moose was gone. The other two were still there. So basically, turned his head to look behind him, turned back, and it was gone. The other two were still there. So that's where he was like, it's a fucking ghost. Saw a giant ghost moose. It's fucking Godzilla moose here. I don't, you know. Maybe this thing grew up around the nuclear waste site, too. Yeah. Who knows? Other stories are even more bizarre. One tells of a group of hunters near the Mullenkiss Stream. No idea if I pronounced that right or not. In east-central Maine that killed a large white moose. Not not uncommon to see, well, not unheard of, I should say, to, to see an albino moose. 
Yeah. Um, I've personally have seen a piebald moose at a, um, uh, basically a game reserve that we go to up there. Um, so piebald basically is means it's, it's regular color, but it has large splotches of white on it. Um, that a piebald moose and they also had a piebald deer, which is pretty cool. And they had a full, uh, full, uh, albino deer too. So how, how tall, how, uh, how the biggest, the width on that, did you say again? 10 to 12 feet. Okay. So do you realize that puts it in the, the cat? I was just, I was just trying to figure out cause I, I know we used to at one time. I wonder what he actually saw wasn't a moose. What he actually some prehistoric bullshit. <laughs> yeah, uh, we used to have a, a giant, like the giant um, uh, stags, yeah, or whatever. They I, have like they were huge. Yeah, like it was uh, and height wise, they were probably pretty damn close to that too. They were like thirteen feet. Yeah, is their width? Yeah, that's fucking. He's up by twelve inches. And who the hell knows? Being that being up in the middle of nowhere, maybe. I mean, uh, it's like there, there's people that have sightings of friggin' woolly mammoths in Siberia that are yeah. semi believable. You never know. There's if there's nobody around to bother it. Yeah. Who knows? There's shit. There's been sightings of uh, you know dire wolves and saber toothed cats in Alaska, but again, you never know because places like that where they have a substantial food source. And nobody to bother them. Maybe there has been some hangovers. You know, maybe there's been some some leftovers from the past that are still kicking around. You know, if it was going to be anything, it would be a a large mammal. Yeah. You know, they're very they're built to survive if they are left alone for the most part. Yep. So these guys killed a white moose. Afterwards, they slit its throat and hung it from a tree overnight so they could skin and dress it the next morning. However, when they awoke the next morning, the white moose was gone. That night, the dead and vanished moose simply walked into their camp with its throat still cut. The hunters shot at it again. So the, the night after it went missing, it just kind of comes humping back into camp with its throat still cut. Yeah. And they started shooting at it. And the moose is completely unfazed by the bullets and walks away. It was later seen uh, near Ashland, which is about 90 miles to the north of where they had shot it at which time it was shot again with no effect. Some tales say that the moose uh, makes an appearance when something bad is about to happen, so it's some kind of harbinger of doom. Um, and this, alleged, this allegedly occurred in Franklin shortly before the town's restaurant burned down in 2002. So that's like the bad, <laughs> the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> the fucking uh-huh. diner burned down. God damn it, this place used to be great, and then the diner burned down. <laughs> Son Holy of a goddamn bitch. goddamn thing I came here for. Yeah. So that's uh, that's basically what I got there for that moose. Um, kind of a shorter episode, unfortunately, but uh, you know Maine's got Maine's got a lot of cool shit. There was another one that I I wanted to do, but I couldn't really find enough information on it. It was just a lot of uh, mostly like stories from like Native American history and stuff like that. Something called yeah. a chino, which is there's there's three different names for it depending on which tribe is talking about it. Yeah. But it's essentially a Wendigo. Um except they're more intelligent. 
and you can kind of trick them and they will, they'll, they'll come into your camp and like, um, you know, Hey, will you, will you give me food for the night? Like, no, fuck off. And then it comes back and kills you and eats you. Yeah. But if you're nice to it, you can trick it. And then when it falls asleep, you can kill it. So it's, it's pretty interesting, but, um, there's a couple of lake monsters. There's a couple of monsters, like sea monsters that have been seen off the coast. Yeah. Um, I don't put a lot of stock into sea monsters. You know me. I mean, sea monsters, maybe lake monsters, not so much. Um, Because I I honestly don't think we've explored enough of the ocean to know what the hell is actually down there. True. But lake monsters, I kind of, you know, it's, and it's our thing. We have one, allegedly. And I just kind of, eh, don't really, don't really buy into it. Yeah. But. I don't know. You know. Um, but that's Maine. Um, any ideas for next week, Air Sir? Uh, uh, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll we'll find out and we'll keep them in suspense. How yes, about that? we'll do that because we're pretty good at that. We love that. We don't like it, but you yeah. Know. So it's a little bit shorter of an episode for you. For I sure. Mean, you know, it's not our usual, but no. You know, you guys deserve a little bit shorter one every once in a while. Yeah, you deserve to get less than you expect. That's yeah. that's really nice of you to say that, you prick. Hey, you know what? Fuck you. Basically just saying, hey, we couldn't find enough content to do a full episode, <laughs> to do, like, a big, long episode. Oh, I mean, but you, is... you, you're like, you know, you know what you deserve? Less. <laughs> less what is a, more. What a shitty thing to say, man. <laughs> that's That's... Less is more. No, it's not. All right. Maybe it's not. Fine. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyway. Um, you know, I was just trying to be nice, okay? And yeah. you just had to go be a dick. Yeah. You know, I, I was just trying to, you know. I, I'm, I'm the dick by saying, you know, you guys deserve to get less than you usually do. <sighs> Bastard. Anyway. Well, you know. Why don't you talk about some headphones or something? Well, fine. I fucking will. I think you better. You know, that's you're just before not you, nice Before you me, upset me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You've angered me now. You some bitch. Yes. Headphones. Go over to studio.com. Check them out. We are so bad at this. We are. Fuck. <laughs> Let's start that again. Yeah. I'm no, for... just in general. We're just really bad at this in we, general. We are. But that's God point. damn it. Anyway. So, looking for a pair of headphones, earbuds, Bluetooth speaker? Any of that? Yeah. Go to studio.com. Check them out. They have them all. And when you're done, go to check out. When you put your, find what you want, we know you're going to go check out and uh, put the promo code of darkwindows15 in to get 15% off your entire purchase. Because uh, why the hell not? And you know, Saving money is good, especially this time of year. Plus, also, yeah, it's coming up to Christmas. You know, I mean, you know, or Jew Christmas. Either or. They get a whole week, though. That's pretty rad. Hey. They're doing it the right way. You know. Now, Hanukkah, do you... I've never understood the... Uh, I understand the H spelling, but the C one has always thrown me off. It's Hanukkah. Yeah, but there's that's still an H. There's no C. Kahanukkah? Chikanukkah. No, Chikanukkah don't live here no more. <laughs> she don't left. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You can also uh, go over to ageofradio.org and listen to every episode of this nonsense that we've ever recorded. And some of them are better than this. I won't lie to you because we just 
we're we're not good. We're not good at what we do. Sometimes we fuck off a little bit. Sometimes, okay? we, some or sometimes we fuck up. That's true. That happens quite frequently. Well, as well, we are more about fucking up than we are. Yeah. Yeah. Still not good at this, but um, you can also find your next favorite podcast at ageofradio.com. There's a little bit of everything for somebody or something for everybody. However, Ooh. I was supposed to say that my brain sucks and I've been staring at the screen all day and I can't count. Hey. Not that that has anything to do with it, but it's okay. Um, you can't do the things and stuff sometimes. No, I can't. I can't read. I can't write. I can barely fucking talk. You guys know that as well as I do. But and I guess until next time. Yeah. Oh, what? Facebook, Dark Windows Podcast. <laughs> we suck at that. We Instagram definitely... and Twitter, Dark Windows Pod. Son of a bitch, we're bad. <laughs> we'll start that again. God damn it. No, it's fine. Just... No, no. It's we'll do it live. No, nope, okay. nope, nope. Start it again. Why? It sounded good. I started again. It sounded better than anything else we've done already this week, so <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um... And if you want to get a t-shirt to help us not feel so bad about ourselves for being terrible at what we do, DWP merch, that is D-W-P-M-E-R-C-H at gmail.com. You can find all of our available designs at the moment on all of our social medias. Um, The regular t-shirts, like the in-house design t-shirts are $22. The... Varg black metal shirt is $25 and the lizard Unabomber shirt is $25. Yeah. And, and uh, guess what? You ain't got to pay for fucking shipping. You don't have to pay for an extra for a, a bigger size. If you're a fatty, like I am, if you, you know, if you happen to forget where you to go, just get in contact fucking with back Kevin up or, 10 seconds and listen to it again. <laughs> or, or just contact Kevin or I, yeah. you know, and we'll, we'll help you out. Yeah. You know, I mean, because we're nice people like that. And if you guys, seriously, if you guys want to buy t-shirts, that gives me a really good reason to lock my wife in her craft room. It's fantastic. <laughs> he doesn't literally I lock her I don't actually in. lock her in there. She has a TV and a bathroom and shit. She's she, got it better over there than I do over here. First off, A, she locks herself in. That's true. But yeah. again, she's got it better over there than I do. Yeah. It's warm over there. She has a bathroom and a TV, like I said. Exactly. All I have in here is a computer. Is she a table, had, yeah. and I have to piss in bottles. She's no, I don't. I can walk no. over to the bathroom. It's like it's 15 true. feet from here. Well, if she lets you in. I can piss in the shower if I want, because it's my fucking house, and I'll use it like a urinal <laughs> if I want to. <laughs> All right. Well, that said. Yes. Just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Bye. I'm going to piss in your showers. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now.